and welcome back to Life MMA and the NBA. I'm your host, DJ San Marco with the Scorpions. Nick just actually ran to the closet to grab his bass and plug it in because he's about to start laying down some tracks, man. He about to get busy. Actually, I should have played I should have played Iron Maiden, man, because Steve Harris oh, yeah, yeah. is gotta be like that's, a god yeah. That's the stuff right there. Okay. I love Iron Maiden. So this is where you and I are hooking up, man. So uh <laughs> let me introduce to you uh my uh my co-host, Dr. Will Wu, professor of motor control and learning from Cal State Long Beach. How are you, sir? I am doing well. How are you, DJ, after that? roller coaster of emotions with kate casey oh my god i i feel like i need i I need a cigarette right now uh but before i do that this is in honor of my other co-host mr nick kazona i left alone my mind was blank guys we're back uh iron maiden had to speak uh they were such a huge huge part of my sophomore and junior year down in uh coral springs florida jp terravilla high school and i know nick got excited he heard steve harris right my dude man that's my dude and now we can rock this six 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 go ahead the number of the beast (laughs) so it was just oh man that was one of the best concerts i've ever seen in my life was Iron Maiden Peace of Mind Tour. It was just outrageous. So. Peace of Mind Tour? Oh, my yes. goodness. Yes. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. There was, right. there was no concert I was more excited about seeing, I would say, in high school than seeing Iron Maiden my because they were so technical. Album. Bruce Dickinson with his, his uh, operatic vocals. It was amazing. Runs around and... Oh, God, yeah. He was yeah. running around. Yeah, t- lots of energy, the stage. It was just Eddie coming out. Uh, there was just absolute euphoria going to see Iron Maiden. Just such uh, a great band because uh, you, you basically are not going to leave feeling unfulfilled. And I think all of us have probably been to a concert where we're like, oh, that wasn't as great as what I thought. Uh, and let me just, I just want to throw in a little anecdote before we get into UFC 258. At one point, uh, you know, that year I went to, it was very accessible. I had a car and I could go to a lot of concerts. Uh, I lived right near a ticket outlet so I could get online and get tickets because that's what you did in those days for the internet. And one friend said, hey, Dave, man, do you want to go see, dude, I got an extra ticket. Will you go see Duran Duran? I was like, 
Hell no, man. I'm not going to see Duran Duran. He's like, dude, okay, I'm not going to charge you. I'm going to give you a ticket, but I, I kind of like want to go. There's going to be a lot of hot chicks there, so will you go? Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, that's, it's kind of like. I knew you were going to say that. It's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, yeah, I'll go, but if you don't tell anybody. Okay, I show up. We show up 1984 at Duran Duran. They had that uh, sponsored by Pepsi. Um, they were awesome. <laughs> those guys rocked like i thought this is going to be like a girly band not cool those guys rocked that's all i got to say roger taylor that's, that's that's good man when you go into something thinking it's gonna suck and it's actually better than what you thought actually good yes i want to name off the guys roger taylor on the drums andy taylor who went on to play some more serious rock after uh duran duran Simon Lebon on vocals and the amazing uh, Nick, uh, Nick I can't remember his name on uh, Nick something, of course Nick, Nick Rhodes on uh, on the keyboard and they were that was an that's a real that's not like a made up band for posters and Tiger Beat that's a real band that's what I'm, that's what I'm here to tell you guys. So anyway, let's get to UFC 258. Nick is going to get us started uh, on UFC 258 at the appropriate place. Nick, my brother. Yeah, you know, a lot of people talking about that main event with Kamaru Usman and mm -hmm. Gilbert Burns. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of fans are getting behind Gilbert Burns. I think it's just based on the fact that look at the last any fight you look at. It's like you look at the last two wins, and usually the person who wins more spectacularly, people tend to gravitate mm -hmm. towards in their next up-and-coming fight. So Burns have, has looked really good recently. Obviously, Usman's the man. You know, he's he's great, but, you know, he just doesn't win in the best fashion sometimes, especially in his last fight. So I think more fans are kind of geared towards the Gilbert Baines train, but I don't know, man. I think uh, the wall and control of uh, Usman will be too much for Burns to to make anything happen. But anything Burns does have the skills to win. That, I mean, you can't deny that. So, Bono, what do you think, Mister Will Wu? Uh, yeah, Will Wu. I was going to thank you for throwing it yeah. to Will. I was going to say, Will, <laughs> Nick just made a very astute observation that I don't hear a lot of people say. And so I just want to reiterate that oh, before yeah. you begin. It. And yeah, it's yeah. just that a lot of times people, depending upon how spectacularly that individual won their fast, their last fight will determine the fact that they think they're going to win the next fight, regardless of who it's against. That was very astute. Yeah, when when Nick said that, I thought of the analogy. Uh, I think it's the uh, the movie Gladiator when they say "win over the crowd," um, and you want to is the Russell Crowe Gladiator movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, it, the uh, the his owner, I guess, says yeah. "win over the crowd," and he wins over the crowd by these fantastic, um, highlight, dramatic. Um, beatdowns that he puts on these other gladiators rather than the other way that he was winning. And I just think that's like the epitome of the US UFC fans are like the mob in in those times in terms of looking at gladiators win. It's exactly how I look at it. Um, good way to see it. Good way to look at it. <laughs> they're just right. They're just they just want that finish, that spectacular finish. But I agree with you. I think Usman 
fights with what I call the blueprint. And it's not what UFC fans like to watch, or at least not most of them. He's going to drag you to the ground, wrestle you, maybe stay on top, maybe do some a little bit of ground pound, but it's mostly kind of a control type of thing. He's going to smash you against the cage, and he's just going to wear you down with close-range strikes, control. UFC fans don't like to see that. Dana White doesn't like to see that. Um, but... It's not exciting, but it wins matches because he controls the fights. He stays away from danger. Outside of the the Covington fight where they didn't, I don't think any, they didn't, neither of them shot a takedown. But outside of that fight, he's had that blueprint and it's gotten him to where he is. So I'm going to go with Usman, Usman on that also. I just find this fight super compelling because you have two dudes that train together. One dude that was in the corner of, of the other. Um, one dude left, leaves Florida uh, to go train in Colorado because they come from the same camp, so to speak. That's just compelling. And then you're watching, you know, these uh, shows that UFC's putting out, and they're not talking trash to each other, or they're not talking trash about each other. High amounts of respect, just like two teammates preparing as best as they can going into a fight. Um, so that's kind of that's really interesting from that perspective for me. I I think for me uh, a lot of it's been so long since um since Gilbert's fought due to COVID cancellation, uh, swap all this all this business between he and Masvidal, him trying to un, he him successfully actually undercutting Masvidal for that shot at uh at the title before getting COVID, but um he really laid into Tyron Woodley and I think. I mean, at least from my perspective, I could be wrong. He could go in there and just put on a striking clinic against against um, Usman. But let's look at this. George Masvidal is one of the best strikers in all the UFC, particularly the welterweight division, not named Stephen Thompson. If I'm talking about any other name other than Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, then I'm talking about George Masvidal is at least even with any striker in that division. And he was able to shut down, largely shut down George's striking by having short bursts of exchanges and then driving in for what he was going to look like a takedown, but really all he was going to do is try to push him against the cage and not give up the easy guillotine. And he said, you know what? I'm going to shoulder strike you. I'm going to punch you in the thigh. I'm going to stomp your foot. I'm going to heel kick you in the calf. And then I'm going to come and do it all over again in, in like an accordion fashion up and down your, your, your person, your torso. So, um, so in looking at how Burns took apart Tyron Woodley, which basically he threw, as I said with Jusef Formiga last night on the phone, threw every strike known to man basically every combination he could think of until he ran out of them and said, well, I'll run through them again in reverse order. And Tyron just stood there and took it. And then he took Tyron down. Here you have a jiu-jitsu guy from Brazil taking down Tyron who wrestled for Missouri. He was a Big Ten wrestler. Like Usman wasn't even a Big Ten wrestler. This is ridiculous. It's I absurd. Remember. I can't, DJ, I can't remember the last fight that Tyron Woodley wrestled yes you can Stephen thompson in anaheim i believe 
He got, he got, he, the first round he took him down, then never took him down again. He held him down like the whole first round. Sorry, uh, th- those fights, all I, could rec- <laughs> all, all I could recall was boredom. Yeah, you're like, okay, I found a cure for, for uh, insomnia at this point. Yeah. So, so for me, what Usman's going to do is he's going to be conservative. He is not going to shoot. I don't even, I don't think he'll shoot a double. I don't think he'll put his head down near Dorino's hip and shoot that kind of a takedown. I think he's going to push Dorino into the fence and do exactly what he did with Masvidal. And I think he'll win a three round decision doing that. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to do that. I think. The clinch is going to be, I think, the deciding factor on this fight. And, yeah, I mean, Usman's just, I think he's the best clinch fighter in that division by far. Maybe maybe Hamza uh, Shmirov might be better. We don't know yet, I don't think. But, I mean, he might contend that position with Usman. But, yeah, I mean, Burns is explosive, but I don't, I mean, I don't know how well he, he will do in the clinch against Usman based on what Usman did against. You, um, know, you know what's interesting, Nick, is something that Will advocates – uh, sometimes that I think actually might work in in this one, Willie, is I think he actually probably should pull guard. I think he should try to pull guard and see if he can get lucky. Because I, I've only advocated that for select individuals. No, I know, but in this case, w- in this case, would you not? Well, I'll no. say this: you wouldn't. Why? Well, I, because that's and then where we'll go to you that's, next. That's where Usman. That's where Usman wants to be. He wants to be on top. Why would you give it to him? If you're Dorino? If I'm Dorino, I want him to be on the bottom. I want Usman to be on the bottom. But don't just, you it, it for the top guys, it's like it's like the whole uh, it's like the whole Khabib fight plan, right? The the Khabib fight plan for most people is, "Oh, I'm going to work on my wrestling, I'm going to work on my takedown defense." Like, dude, no. If you want to win this fight, you're not going to defend his ta- you're not going to defend his takedown. Who has? And then, so what you want to do is you you want to try to attack him. Mm-hmm. Right? If you attack him, it's we know this when in the very little training that we have. If you're if you're doing the attacking, what is the other person doing? Defending. The other person is defending, right? So I I actually think if it were to be a grappling match uh, for uh, Gilbert Burns, I would I would advocate him going for the takedowns, but I wouldn't advocate a grappling match. I would advocate standing up away from the fence. Nick, what were you going to say? Well, yeah, I think people equate his um, his titles in jiu-jitsu as all-bearing great thing that he could do any in all positions, but they don't realize that most MMA fighters don't have the guard to uh, submit a, an elite fighter like uh, like a Usman or or, or a, a Khabib or anyone with like really good top pressure and insane freaking wrestling game. Um, I mean, tell me this. I mean, when has Torino even had a submission off his back in the UFC against not even an elite competitor? Maybe, well, maybe not. So, I'm going to take know, the track record doesn't really. I will take a look at that track record to have that. And I, I don't yeah, want to yeah. use, let and me it, just say, it, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. want to interrupt you, Nick. I don't want to put the same, I don't even want to put um, Usman and Khabib in the same sentence because I think when it comes to, and I'm going to use this word, quote, grappling, unquote, 
there's two different levels of guys that are two two different two totally different things. Yeah, so I don't so, want to put them in the same sentence. I mean, yeah, so saying, a good a good wrestler a good wrestler on top is that's that seen, I could say. Gonna, yeah, is not you're not you're, you're not going to submit a guy like that no matter how good you are unless you're unless you're someone real special like a like a like a, a crone from his back maybe a Damian Maya or maybe, a crone Gracie yeah, a crone. From his back. As far I'm as the Drino, I don't know how good his guard is. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some stats right now. Of the guys he's had, he had his first few fights. He was in the CFC. He was in different organizations. He had a couple arm bars. He's had three or four, or five arm bars. I would say at least in the UFC, he has won by decision. So he had an arm bar arm against uh, Christos. Yeah, he had one. Uh, it was way back in 2014. He had an arm bar. Yeah. But not, but not this, recently. You don't know if it's yeah. from top or bottom. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. don't know if it's TV's on top. No, that's fair. I'm not going to. I won't debate the point with you guys because oh, I, know, I, I, I don't have any. I, I don't have a frame. I hear people say these things, but uh, I don't know if he could yeah. get if he could get him. But I thought maybe. I mean, rather, if you I guess if you looked at it, Will. OK, let me just say this. If I am in, if I have finished round two, and I'm having no headway at avoiding the clinch, and I'm just getting beat up in the clinch and foot stomped, and I can't even unleash my offense, it he would he would probably do better on the floor than he would in that position. Might. Yeah, yeah, that could be an option. Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, if, and, and just because you're doing a guard pull doesn't mean that you're gonna go for a submission and get it you could sweep and a sweep could be a, a good attempt to get on top and then you could work your game right mm -hmm. just like going for leg locks and then creating a scramble you might not get the leg lock but maybe that might not be the point it might be just to be to either get back to your feet or to get on top so i mean he could potentially sweep pulling guard and then work his game and then yeah then then we could have a fight but i don't know yeah Maybe, yeah, if he can't get any takedowns and he's getting beat up in a clinch, that could be an option in the second or third round. But, you got to go early because uh, if you're going to wait until real late in the fight when there's a whole bunch of oil out of people's skin and blood and everything tired. else, and you're tired, just like Crone. You know, when Crone finally got got uh, got in, into guard with Cub, he didn't have, there was nothing there. He was just he'd thrown too many punches at that point. So, uh, but let's move on. I think we've. All, I'm. I think we're all taking Usman here. I am. Okay, Nicholas. Yeah, yeah I, I see Usman. I mean, I could see maybe Burns landing a, a big shot and being explosive and jumping on submission and finishing yeah. the fight. It could. You know? Or him pivoting from the cage and not engaging in sort of uh, these clinch battles and just kind of keeping distance and getting the better in the stand up, but. I see those two things potentially happening, but I see Usman just controlling them and just either just, yeah, just controlling them the whole time. Flying knees are not a bad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Flying knees are not a bad option if you're Burns. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, let's move to Alexa Grasso versus Macy Barber. Alexa Grasso is 12 and 3, taking on Macy Barber, who's coming off a loss to Roxy where she tore her knee uh, last year, and Grasso uh, is coming off of a uh, win versus Ji Young Kim in uh, UFC Fight Night 175, and then before that, she had lost to somebody who seems to beat everybody that's a female, uh, Carla Esparza. She's amazing. 
Um, how do you see this fight going, Will? What do you have for the uh, the uh, lovely Mexican boxer, excellent striker who's really improved her grappling in Alexa Grasso going up against uh, probably the best wrestler in the division in uh, Macy Barber? DJ, I got no idea on this fight. I'm going I'll with say this. I'm going with Nick says. <laughs> okay. Nick, you're deciding for you and Will. Well, what was um, Macy Barber's injury? She tore her ACL, right? She tore an ACL against Roxy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so what, what, what would be the – just a question for Will. What would be the sort of a good turnaround for an injury like that from ACL tear? Now, granted, we don't know – how bad of the tear it was was probably yeah. pretty and bad. Tell him how old she is too, Nick. Bad. Tell him how old she's she like is. She's like twenty. She's like twenty. No, she's, she's like twenty. <laughs> so in no, in, she's not twenty. She, oh, she, she might be. Yeah, 20. she was the one who she's said she wanted to be younger champion than John. Yeah. In collegiate, yeah, in collegiate to professional non-fight sports, my colleague will usually say it's pretty easy to recover from the physical injury of the ligament. But in addition to that, there's also the quote unquote psychological, which is you're not favoring it. Um, you're not yeah. thinking about it. And that's usually over a year. Wow. Okay. So, and her last fight, uh, let me go back to it. Her last fight was uh, January 18th. So she's 13 months now. So she's in good yeah, shape. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. she should be okay. 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 And I think fighters are going to be a, thing. a little bit more resilient than your traditional uh, athletes from other sports. Man, I, yeah, I don't know, Nick. Personality. I, this is a really hard Cause... fight to pick, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick. Well, you were on another train thought, but go ahead. Well, I'll, I asked that just because, you know, I just any, – any kind of major injury like that, I, I – I'm always interested to see like how they bounce back and and the age obviously has a lot to do with it too. I mean she's yeah. super young, so yeah. her recovery and everything like that will be more on her side to come back and be the same. And it seems like based on what Will has said that she'll probably come back at least physically uh, the same. Mentally, I think her personality it's very brash. It's very sort of maybe some people say cocky. That's why a lot of people don't like her. But she I think she has that <laughs> mentality to be like, all right, I feel good. My, my doc says my, my knee's fine. The ligament healed. We're good. Physical therapy killed it. I'm yeah. dropping people in training. Like, I'm ready to rip this girl's head off. So I think she'll come in looking like how she did, you know, in her previous wins and everything. But her style is more of a brawler kind of style, winging big punches. She almost reminds me of, like, John Lineker. She kind of just crowds people and just, like, swings big looping punches and, Grossel is more of the technician. Beautiful, beautiful striking. You know, hands up. Yeah, beautiful technique. Well-schooled. She, I mean, she's well-schooled. Distance is, you know, all that stuff is. is nice jab. Nice straight jab. Fighter. Yeah, especially in her last win against, uh, I forgot what that fighter's name was, but the, the Chinese fighter that she fought. Yeah. I think I think she was Chinese. Maybe she was Korean. She might have been a Korean young lady. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but. You know, she she pieced that girl up. So, um, so it's like a finesse versus kind of brawl kind of style of a, a fight and everything. But I don't know. I think I might go with Grasso based on her finesse. I think she's gotten more maybe experience within the f 
within the time frame that sort of Missy Barber has been out. And I'm surprised they're kind of throwing her this fight against Grasso. They're kind of just throwing her back in there, not really giving her a no. an up and comer or a no. or a, or a fighter to kind of no. give her a nice little yeah, a nice little highlight reel type matchup. I mean, they're throwing her right back in there. So I don't know. I think it's kind of she's up a creek with this matchup with her. I don't know how do you what do you how do you see this? You know it's th- it's really hard because she is the best wrestler. She does train with Ben Askren. Um, I really use her wrestling though. I think she's more she knocks him. No man, she, her wrestling and ground and pound has been vicious. Uh, but she wasn't able to get Roxy down. Roxy took her down. I think she's going to come out very aggressive trying to get that takedown. She knows that this girl, Grasso, uh, has one way to beat her, and that's on the feet. She absolutely knows that you can't stay on the feet and win against her. So I'm going to assume that she's going to put Grasso on the ground, and she's very good at top control. What we found out is that she's not very good on the bottom, and Roxy uh, passed her guard, very much exposed her on the ground. Uh, off of her back I'm gonna assume I'm gonna rely you know it really annoyed me the way that she treated and her father uh, treated Roxy's win which I thought was very legitimate she had bloodied her up in the first round and had her down on the floor for I would say four minutes of a five minute round and then she tore her knee in the second round and complained that if I didn't tear my knee well if you didn't tear your knee you you were bludgeoned in the first round so that's just beside the point. I'm going to reluctantly take Barber, uh, but Alexa Grasso has gotten better from when she fought. What's the young lady's name from Illinois? Uh, the, the blonde lady that does the poster where she's making the muscle. I can't remember her name now. Um, man. Uh, Felice Herrig from even when she from when she beat. Herrig, uh, she really has made a lot of... Uh, I'm sorry, she lost to Fleece. She beat Ronda. She lost to Tatiana, obviously. She beat Karolina Kovalkovich. She lost to Esparza. And then she beat Ji Young King. Ji Young Kim, a uh, Korean fighter, obviously. That armbar she had on um, Esparza was like... Freaking... Esparza just gut, gutted that out. It Esparza was, doesn't tap, out. man. Remember that? Yeah, Asparza no, is no, she's tough. Asparza man. is she's tough. tough, man. She's tough. She I watched her fight in from I think top position. I watched that girl fight in rodeo arenas in New Mexico, man. She's bad, man. She's a bad girl. Yeah. So um, so so yeah, I will. Um, I'm gonna take Barber, uh, but um, you know, I I really like Grasso's game, and uh, but I, I have to take Macy Barber until I see that. She has I mean, lost confidence in her wrestling and unable to wrestle. And if I see that, then I will change my opinion about her. But until I see that, I, I'm going to assume that she's going to be able to get Grosso that's down. Fair. So let us move right that's along. That's the way to, to be Grosso wrestling. Yeah, that's I mean, that's what Tatiana wrestling. did. But if she wins, know? yeah, yeah, that's what she does. But I, I'll say this. If Barbara wins, she's back. She's back in the limelight, man. Like, yeah. like against a, a fighter like Grasso, you beat her and everything. I mean, people take notice pounds. and she'll be back. And Yeah, she'll be back in there in another win or two and she'll probably be fighting for the title. So. Yeah, I, I mean, her plan – Will, just real quickly, her plan was to beat John jo- – to be the John Jones of the division and the youngest champ 
If Ooh. she would have gone up against Valentina Shevchenko, those kind of horror movies, I don't want to see. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I'm not even going to go any further on that. She Let's had go to a lot of vibrato. A lot of bravado. Seen, so. Yeah. Vibratos, you're thinking of in the studio. Uh, bravado. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she bravado. did. Sorry. She, she did. <laughs> she, she had a lot of bravado, but man, uh, uh, Valentina really makes, literally makes mincemeat out of girls like that with, uh, with a lot of attitude and overconfidence. Uh, she would have sprawled and they would just need her into <laughs> bad. Let, I don't even want to think about that horror story. Let's talk about Ian Heinish versus, uh, Kelvin Gastelum. Um, uh, Ian Heinish uh, is a tough, tough dude. He's 14 and three going up against Kelvin Gastelum, who is no slouch at 15 and six. Ian Heinish is uh, coming off of a win over uh, Mearshart. He lost to uh, Omari Akhmedov. He lost to Derek Brunson, but nobody seems to be able to finish this guy. He's just, he's a monster. He's really, really very, very tough guy. Uh, Kelvin, uh, by contrast, is coming off of a loss. Uh, he lost to Jack Hermanson. He lost to Darren Till. He lost to Israel Adesanya. So it's three in a row. Uh, man, I, I, I really like Ian Heinish here. Uh, but Kelvin Gastelum is a, you know, like he's the kind of never say die kind of guy, even though he got caught in a heel hook last time. I'm going to go with Ian Heinish by decision, but I love Kelvin Gastelum, so. Really? Yeah. Ian Heinish, huh? He's tough. Dude, he's tough, man. Yeah, but, like, I think Kelvin Gastelum has gotten some bad breaks in his last couple fights. I mean, okay, you lose against Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya is, some people think he could beat John Jones, so he he's a great right now. His fight against Darren Till I mean, that was a snooze fest. Darren Till just clinched him and just hugged him the whole time. I mean, it was just more of a control. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it was just, it was kind of surprising that Till was able to do that against um, against Gasolum, but it really didn't really – I don't think it really showed people that Gasolum wasn't the fighter that I think we think he is as far as a contender. Like, I don't think it really destroyed his, like, contender sort of – ability or being still on the top now the the heel hook sort of finish that he lost to against uh, Hermanson I think that was just a lapse of just either not respecting the ground game of Hermanson and just okay I'm on top I you know I could dominate I could control and everything and maybe he didn't respect the grappling acumen of of Hermanson, or he just made a mistake and just didn't think the heel hook was just in or whatever. But I don't know. I, I, I think those things don't really derail how good of a fighter he is. And I think on paper, I think he just either, he might not finish Highness, but I think he'll, he'll win a decision. And I think he'll be in sort of back in vintage form, unless he has a sort of mental. Don't push back on me, man. Curve. Don't push back on me, Will. <laughs> if he has a lot of mental issues based on, you know, my, four four losses, I'm out. I need to perform and he you know, makes some stupid mistakes or just does some strategic errors that might lose him the fight. But I think he has all the skills to beat Heinrich. Will, Will, who does Gaston live closer to? Is it you or Tito Ortiz? I'm not sure. I think Tito Ortiz is the mayor of his city. <laughs> okay. Um, Kelvin used to... 
The city may be on the verge of burning down. It'll collapse. <laughs> uh, I wait till Tito's new budget proposal, guys. Just cut back, back off. Um, I wonder. Everyone, everyone gets a free punishment T-shirt. Well, I wonder if there will be. <laughs> I wonder if there will be numbers on the budget proposal, or they'll just be a there bunch of crayon and stuff. Yeah, a bunch of lines. Yeah, color in the lines, Tito. Don't go outside the lines. <laughs> Um, anyway, Kelvin Gastelum, when he came up, Will, was this um, underdog story. Uh, this guy uh, kind of had short arms, um, kind of a stocky guy, didn't look too athletic, comes through the Ultimate Fighter and beats Uriah Hall in the Ultimate Fighter final by wrestling him and taking him down. And uh, and then when they were on the feed, he outstruck him, made him, kept fe- faking takedowns. He just outworked Uriah Hall. He doesn't fight like that underdog fighter anymore. Um, I don't know that he'll come out and try to impose a wrestling game. He's kind of Rafael Cordero 101, and I don't know. What do you think about that fight? Well, isn't the is the UFC kiss of death three losses in a row? Yes, or but I don't is. know. And yeah, so, but he was an Ultimate Fighter winner. And, That's you know. So I'm just trying to think yeah, but, of like extra motivation for him. I did think he looked okay at spots during that Asanya fight, where I was like, "Whoa, this really surprised me." Yes, um, I didn't think he had it in him. I think he kind of exposed some things for other for Adesanya opponents to look at. So I thought he looked okay, um, and there um, I don't know much about Heinish. Um, Tough, but like, but like you say, <laughs> if he if he wins dirty and ugly by you know shooting takedowns trying to scramble um like what you mentioned before the underdog kind of role uh, i think it could be good for him for this fight it, it and it should be that type of fight i mean i realize that when you go to Rafael cordero you're going to learn a brazilian version of muay thai that's very effective it's very come forward it's very leg kick oriented um it it's very rough and tough i mean uh uh, Dr. Pat, one of your colleagues from down there, uh, USC, Dr. Patrick Wyman, has sparred there extensively uh, in his young – actually, he's moved now. I think he moved to Texas. But uh, but Pat Wyman, who's a, a great writer and a professor of history, uh, did sparring there and gave us a lot of insights into the uh, the theology of, if you will, of Rafael Cordero and, and their system. And it's very effective. It's not very defensive-oriented. But boy, if you can wrestle in this sport and you don't use that, I mean, we have horror stories from now till 12 years ago that we could yeah. tell people about not using wrestling. So uh, I and, and also I believe Heinish also I don't I'm not familiar with his background, but I did hear uh, the MMA fighting guys mention that he comes from a wrestling background. He's very, very tough. Um, I've seen him uh, in there with strikers that were better than him and he didn't care. So um, I'm going to pick Heinish, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of us really yeah, have an affinity for Kessel. Twice All-American. Okay, so he does. So he, okay. he does have a wrestling background. Okay. He wrestled at North Idaho College. Thank you so much for pe- – Nick is my producer. Finally, oh, I have yeah, a producer. I don't have to oh do everything. Gosh. Love it. I love it. So I'll, I'll take Heinish. Um, so. I don't know. I feel like, though, if Gaslam can't get past Heinish – that's no, it that's it, man. That's it. As far as you know, you have yeah, to become. Unfortunately, you have to become a Rafael dos Anjos. 
that type of guy where they know that they can call you and stick you in there with anybody and he's going to say yes. And that's why he's like, I'm collecting checks and I'm paying for my kid's college and my mortgage is paid off and just keep calling me and I'm going to keep saying yes. Well, it's not just – Go ahead. It's just not – it's not about just saying yes. He's a good fighter. He's a tough fighter. And so it's a combination of he's not going to say no, but at the same time, he has a really good skill set to go along with him. And I think I mentioned this this before, but – Dana White uses him as a measuring stick for how good a fighter is. Uh, but wait a minute. So is G- Gastelum fits that category also. He does. He's tough. I think with he's the got win, the. He's like a Rafael dos Anjos. He just he fought minus, three tough guys. Minus yeah. the belt. Minus the belt. <laughs> but yeah, if he wins against Heinish, <laughs> and you know he wins a couple more, I don't, I don't think he's going to be champion in that in the middleweight division. But he can be that. Rafael Dos Anjos, where, yeah, if you have an up-and-comer, you have a guy who you want to be a contender, it's like you could get past Gaslam, but Gaslam has to win this fight to be... He he's got to win to get there. I don't think RDA has had four consecutive losses. No. No, he hasn't. You're right. He That's hasn't. good. So I would I would rank definitely Rafael Dos Anjos above um, Calvin Gaslam in regards to that. But Gaslam just, he, he made a couple, like the, the, the fight against Hermansi just made a just a horrible error and it just costed him and it was just like oh my gosh i never thought he would get heel hooked <laughs> I'm i can't hear, i can't hear dj can you hear dj nick no i can't hear him good oh, you happened? finally found that mute button <laughs> now if you could just send that mute button over to me and then we can mute him anytime we want like he's yeah. muted now that would be fantastic all right Oh, do we get do we get to finish the show off? Finish the show. We do, right? Gosh. Let me I'm gonna queue up. Go Let me for queue it. something well, up. Go for it. Let me queue something up. All right. Why don't you just take care while I'm queuing this up? Why don't you take care real quick the last two fights while I'm queuing this up? Just like all of the, those are all the fights we're we're doing. Okay. All right, let me queue this bad boy up. But yeah, I don't know. I think gas level. I think he'll win. He has to win. He needs to be that middleweight gatekeeper. Four in a row, a loss for four, four in a row. You're done. Like losing four in a row. Yeah, I mean, not... unless I don't know, I don't know. Unless they they keep him on, they they give him a pay cut or something, and he's like, all right, give me a pay cut, give me one more fight, and then you know they sign him for another five fight deal, but it's like they just just lowball like crazy or whatever, and then he'll still take it, just so he could continue on with the UFC. Maybe I don't even know if that even works. <laughs> That's even an option. <laughs> I think they'll still do. But I think they genuinely like him. Genuinely like him. He, he's providing great fights for them. So I mean, yeah. And he doesn't look bad. I mean, you no, bring up insane. yeah his last fight, but he doesn't look bad losing. Like no, he's no, lost it's something just a bad error, boring decision, and then you fight one of the the best right now. So I mean, it's not. It's like Holly Holm having four losses in a row. It's like, well, they could probably kill still. I mean, she's UFC. never had that happen. But if I think if it did, with, within the last five years, they'd still keep her around. UFC loves themselves some Holly Holmes. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> well, great. I can't queue up Funkarama, but what I can queue up is something else for us. Right. Something that DJ would never, ever play. We got to take advantage. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. DJ thinks 
he knows that he can guess what this is based on my previous choices. But I'm going to surprise him. Are you guys ready? Yeah. I can hear it a little bit. All right, everyone. Brilliant Nick was able to create a mute button to take the show away from DJ. So I am going to end the show <laughs> with the very best of Hall & Oates. We will see you all next week when DJ is finally going to have LeBron James on. Yes. Everybody have a good week. Everyone. Watch that Usman Gilbert Burns fight. Peace.